you know what, enough's enough. We need to talk about what it really costs to run a restaurant and get the message across because I think collectively the industry is fed up with having to justify why we charge what we do. Costs and pricing and value, how much people are spending in restaurants and how much it costs to run a restaurant. These are perennial topics when it comes to dining and I think at the moment uh, with staffing pressures, inflation that we're all dealing with, post-COVID recovery, a very complex wage and employment system and a lot of emotions which always run through dining from all sides of the business. I feel like this is a great week for Dirty Linen to dig into this whole topic. Uh, it blew up a little bit over the weekend uh, after an article was published questioning the price of a dish at Bow, a new restaurant opened in Sydney. We have got Jackie Chalinor, who's overseeing food direction at the Nomad Group. Jackie, welcome to Dirty Linen. Thank you for having me. So good to chat to you. Uh, so, yeah, there was an article in the Daily Telegraph just, you know, chatting about chatting. <laughs> this is a very new, I don't know, chatting is perhaps too friendly a word. Questioning the, questioning the price of a dish at your new restaurant. Tell us um, how this landed with you. Um, not well. <laughs> we were approached the day prior to it um, going live about comment for it and reading the context of the email under like the premise under which it was being written there was no way that that article was going to be you know like a fair representation of the industry from our side it was it was clickbait like we knew exactly what it was going to be and the week prior they'd written the same article about kiln and a dish that they've got on the menu and so I knew exactly what it was going to be about um, so we thought about it for the day and obviously really, really, really upset, to be honest. Like we were really sad. We just opened this venue four days prior and, you know, after three years of back and forth and up and down and no and yes and all the things and it was open. It was there in physical form and, you know, anyone who's in hospitality understands the challenges of, you know, once you get it open, then there's a whole other bucket list of things that you've got to work on. So when our focus should have been on what we needed to be focusing on and perfecting the product and the service and the space and all the fun, like the little touches, we were thinking about having our business and our integrity challenged. And it was like, it was really upsetting. And especially like, Rebecca Yazbek, co-owner of the business, like those guys have poured millions of dollars into this build. Like it went from something that was supposed to be a tiny little wine bar to just what, like this two-tier concept that was never what it was originally set out to be. So the bills have stacked up on that that whole project, bigger than what we ever sort of thought it was going to be. And she was a she was broken. She was so upset and her and I have worked together for 10 years. I love her. She's a dear friend as well as my boss. And I, I, you know, like I like to get on the defense and it just, you know, like it's our livelihood, it's our business, it's our passion. It's, it's all the things. And to have it questioned without integrity, I think is the best way to put it was just genuinely heartbreaking. So we ended up just deciding that the best play was to provide no comment and not to feed into that particular narrative you know she could have come at it from a 
hey, wow, this venue's finally opened, an all-day offering in Surrey Hills where there isn't any other all-day offerings around that area. Um, you know, the fit out, the food, the you know, even if she came in and ate and reviewed it and didn't like it, even still I could have made my peace with that. Um, so we decided just not to engage and she ran with it anyway and wrote an article which fed into that same negative narrative without she claimed to try and consider the other things but if that's the case why would you launch with the headline that it did the Facebook poll questioning the integrity of our pricing structure like it's just basement journalism if you want to use that word and you know I I just I couldn't sit with it I didn't want to sit with it you know like we were we just had the wind knocked out of our sails and I I decided to sleep on it because everybody was like, don't, don't attack the media, don't do it. It wasn't about attacking. I didn't want to attack anyone. Um, I wanted to put something together that was well considered and not aggressive because, you know, like even it's our heart and soul and it was hard at that moment that night to, you know, put a lid on it and try and come at it from a different angle. But I figured that we would be better placed to address the issue letting her ride it and just kind of letting the industry see and stand up and say, you know what, enough's enough. We need to talk about what it really costs to run a restaurant and get the message across because I think the based on the amount of messages that I've received since I posted that, and it's been hundreds, Danny, like from loyal, beautiful nomad guests to fellow restaurateurs in across the country to journalists, like so many journalists apologizing on her behalf. Um, this, I've not received one negative message. And I really did think that by doing it, I might've opened myself up to a bit of, bit of trolling. Um, not one, like overwhelmingly positive and thanking me for standing up and saying something. And the, just collectively, the industry is fed up with having to justify why we charge what we do. So I guess for people who perhaps haven't stayed up up with this whole story, I'll just quickly reprise what the Daily Telegraph published. So the, the, the headline was, would you pay $10 for a manouche, bow and dough, Surrey Hills price divides foodies. You can usually grab this Lebanese flatbread topped with oregano for loose change in Sydney's West, but a new Sydney location is charging $10 for one manouche. Would you pay that much? Have you say in our poll? So there's a poll where it's basically like... Um, Hang on, scroll, scroll, scroll. Where's the poll? Would you pay $10? No way, that's way too expensive. Yes, it's totally worth it. Cast your vote. Um, and then so they chat to a bunch of people who are in um, yeah, outer suburban locations and talk about how they do their pricing. Uh, and the... Yeah, I mean, I suppose the author does talk about what you're getting with the premium Surrey Hills location, the slick interiors, etc. Um, but there is, I guess, underpinning it, there's this idea that um, you're, ha- you're having a lend, like you're gouging. Um, it's just too expensive. Um, there's this sort of um, whiff of, you know, that you must be, you know, <laughs> leaving and arriving in, you know, fancy cars and living living the high life as you casually just like sprinkle oregano around. Um, I mean, what is it? I mean, and there was another, there was, a you know, John Lethlane's return to the Australian and had a column also talking, you know, um, sounding off about ways that he felt restaurants weren't offering value. And I mean, what is it, do you think, about 
a section of the of commentary that that thinks restaurants are having a lend. Like, why would that be? Well, we don't mind other businesses making a profit. Like, we don't um, slam. I don't know, like musicians for um, pricing concert tickets. We don't mind paying for phones and knowing that those companies make enormous profits. Like, what is it, do you think, about restaurants that people don't mind having a go? That's exactly what's been running through my brain the last couple of days. Like, you don't walk into Prada and be like, oh, my God, I'm so offended by the price of this bag, right? Like, you go in there because there's an attachment to purchasing something like that, right? That luxurious feel and, you know, the all of that that comes along with choosing to invest that amount of money in an item that you like. Um, I don't know if it's because things have shifted within the hospitality industry dramatically and we all know that, you know, like um, – fair wages and all of that stuff has come to light, which is a fantastic, fantastic change and shift in the industry. And I'm so, you know, happy that it is something that we all are working on now and and, and on the same page with. But historically, chefs have worked 60 to 70 hours a week for, you know, between 40 and 50 grand a year. So restaurants, and that's, that's just been how it has been for such, like forever. And Restaurants were able to charge less money because their overheads were less. Um, and that and wages was a huge part of that. Um, so now that that has changed, you know, you're paying a commie chef, I think it's 58 grand a year now. And that's like somebody that is pretty unskilled. Like that's the bottom of the tree, essentially. Someone that requires constant kind of supervision. It's a bit of a rarity to find a unicorn commie that is, you know, like a little gun who you can kind of let work completely unsupervised. They're out there, but it's few and far between. Um, So, the cost of staffing a kitchen is astronomically higher than what it used to be before. Like eye-wateringly different. And we lo- like it's great. It's great to be able to pay skilled labor, but that cost has to be passed on to the final product. Um, inflation. Look at it. Like, do you know? Like my my home loan repayments have jumped up dramatically every week, as I'm sure as everybody else is in the country has done. Does do people think that we are exempt from that? The hospital. Some. I feel like some reason the people think that that is not something that affects us. Food prices have soared dramatically over the last two years based on how many businesses closed during COVID, the floods, the fires. The Hawkesbury region was devastated and a lot of those farmers haven't come back. So being able to access the abundance of produce that we used to be able to is now more difficult, Um, especially in New South Wales. I'm not noticing it as bad down here in Melbourne, but um, there's all of these things that have affected us dramatically. Um, And it's, I just, it's like people, I don't, I can't fathom why people think that the restaurant industry should be different to that or shouldn't have to be able to make a profit even. It's, It's almost like we're questioned for running businesses I I, I don't understand. And, you know, like there's never ever, I think there's always been a big focus, especially within Nomad for value for money and generosity and things like that. But at the 
bottom end of the line, like it is a business at the end of the day and we are all in it to make a living and to run a profitable business. And I think sometimes that just gets forgotten. And I think, you know, a lot of us do it for the love and a lot of us are in it for that, but nobody works for free at all. Like what is the point of building something and creating businesses and employing people and doing all that to what, to turn a, to just to break even what, what is, there is, there is no point in doing any of those things just to turn that result. Like it's just, I just don't understand. I don't know. I don't know how to answer the question. I don't know why that perception is so vastly different from other industries. I think there's something in this notion of, of hospitality and what the nat- nature of the exchange should be. It, it, because I think restaurants do work so hard to for everything to appear effortless and that it's this, we're creating an experience and you, you shouldn't see the, you know, the, the feet um, paddling madly underwater, that it is this, um, yeah, you offer some kind of, you create this magic for the diner. Um, and so then for the diner to be um, made aware of the inner workings and that it is actually tough and, oh, it is actually a real business. <laughs> like I think for some people that is quite jarring. I mean, I mean, uh, John Lethlane in his column says, <laughs> for the restaurant industry, which wants everything its way, the worm is about to turn. It's, it's a really interesting perspective um it, it, it's it's quite combative like it sets up it's as though the veil has been lifted and we realize somehow there's this idea that now we're fighting to win at value somehow um which is yeah it is i i think it is especially i feel like personally as a food journalist I'd still turn a critical eye to restaurants and everything, you know, isn't always great, that's for sure. But I think we all have had an opportunity to stand shoulder to shoulder to some degree to realise the realities of running a business, especially now. Um, And I think in society generally we've had an opportunity to think harder about empathy and you know, what is the the point of um, setting our dynamics up in a combative way? Yeah, I, I don't – last night I was just sort of thinking about it all and you know what? Restaurants are there for no – as a business, you know, like from a different perspective, but our entire purpose is creating – joy right like that's all we want to do just feed people it's such a non-aggressive thing like everyone on the planet eats it's that one thing in the universe that just unites every culture color race breed all the things right everyone uh, you know i know other people some people don't have access to the quality that we have and but food is that base human requirement right and restaurants try to kind of change that into a space where you can come and celebrate and enjoy a special occasion. And I don't understand why people feel like they can attack that. Do you know, like, it's just, it's that industry that everybody feels like all of a sudden the online trolling opens up and people want to get on there and, and slam your venue and slam your food. And, and 
I can't for the life of me understand because what we do is like such a peaceful thing. We just want to cook good food and feed people and make them happy. And I'm like, why all of a sudden are people fighting it? Like I was, so I was getting my hair done. Yes, I was at the hairdressers and this was all boiling away in my brain. And then the woman next to me was getting a hair wash and she started whinging about how much the lobster oil costs at Supernormal. And I was like, I was like, oh, I don't need to hear this right now. I'm here to relax. And I just like, it took all my might to just keep my mouth shut and just be like, do you know how expensive lobster is, lady? Like, come on. I, it, it just, I just, I don't, I don't understand why we need to be combative. Like you said, like articles like that, especially from someone who I feel like, you know, a lot of his approach is always coming from quite a negative, aggressive angle. And why? We're just making food. At the end of the day, we're not curing cancer. We're not, you know, we're just trying to make food. And at the end of the day, there is a product for every single different person out there. Like you might love Japanese food. I might hate Japanese food. Do you know what I'm like? And then I could go to a Japanese restaurant and say I hated it, but then you're going to walk into the same one and say you loved it. Food is such a subjective thing. And if you don't, the beauty of, you know, like having those amazing minish joints out in the Canberra and out west is like that's what that's what created my love for Manush and it's such it's got such this awesome little backstory with us at Nomad. It's always been a part of it. And the love of that product is what prompted us to open and and to create this venue around that. And there is a layer of food available to every budget and every taste. And you know, it's not like we're just telling Australia that everybody has to eat $10 manoush. We're not. If that's not in your price range, then there's other available options. I think what we really wanted to create with Bo was an, a more approachable price point venue for people who maybe thought that Nomad was out of their budget because it is out of people's budget. Like for some people, I don't think you know, I don't think we're aggressively priced. I think we sit pretty well in the market of the standard of restaurant that, you know, like with our, with the, with the, our, you know, competitors and all that. But it, it is out of price for some people who, you know, don't have that much flexible income. And the beauty of what we wanted to create at Bo was another layer of offering really well made food with good produce made by skilled hands in a beautiful dining room at a different price point that was a little bit more accessible for your everyday thing. And, you know, it's not $3.50. It'll never be $3.50. Um, but we've built something beautiful whereby you get to sit in this incredibly architecturally designed, gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous building with incredible fittings that, you know, like Rebecca's background in architecture, she pays attention to every single little detail and wants to support industry where, you know, like things are made well and not just coming out of a flat pack box. Um, down, you know, like everything, the, 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 the laneway, the music, the, the fact that we're open all day long, like from 7am until the last guest arrives, um, breakfast, lunch and dinner, that costs money to make that available. You know, we've got a lull in the afternoon where you've got 15 chefs and four front of house standing around doing not a lot of things. Like 
we're trying to create a space where people can come and access great food and maybe try something that they never knew about. Um, and, it, it, you know, like I just don't, I, I don't understand why that needs to be attacked. We've never gone out and said, this is, we're trying to replicate this. Um, what we wanted to do was bring something that we loved and bring it to the people of, you know, Surrey Hills and Greater Sydney that wanted to try something like that in maybe a different setting or, you know, based off the back of the trust that we've built up in the market with, you know, guests from Nomad to know that we offer value for money and generosity and, you know, it's so I just, it's very upsetting to have that called into question. Well, I think, you know, you've used two words um, that I think are really important. Like one of them is trust and the other one is value. And and obviously cost is something that you think about. You talk about Nomad as it's not accessible to everybody. But I, I think the undercurrent of that is, but it just costs what it costs, like to deliver this experience. And of course, like at a profit, it's not, it's not dirty to, to make a profit um th- that's just that just costs what it costs and uh, yeah that's it's correct like it's not accessible to everybody and uh, you know um eating at bow is also not going to be accessible to everybody or perhaps you know some people will will still save to go to bow like that is um that, that everyone is um working with their own their own budget their own finances um but again, I think what you're saying is it costs what it costs um, for you to uh, for it to be cheaper. Perhaps, yeah, you wouldn't be able to open those hours. You wouldn't have been able to put the detail into the interior, um, and those are those are decisions about the experience that you want to create. And I guess you're looking to the market to support you in making those decisions by just paying what it what it costs plus profit. Um, it is, yeah. It, it, I don't know. It's just I feel like I'm uh, I'm not getting closer to why this sort of clickbaity article. Well, why is an article like this clickbait? Like, why do people get so exercised about this? What? Why is it a a, a topic of of outrage? I I still find it quite curious, and especially because you know I can hear from you and and you, and you also say like there's there are you know, strong emotions involved. People put heart and soul into these businesses. Attacks are very personal. It's definitely not the same as, you know, um, going to JB Hi-Fi and complaining about the price of the the latest iPad. Like, it, it's very personal. It lands with people. Um, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel I just, I can't get inside that feeling of um, wanting to whinge about it. Well, it's... I guess, and I sent a message personally to the person who wrote this article yesterday trying to explain why we, because she obviously commented on, sent me a message after I posted the first thing and jumped into it straight away and just I tried to give her some context as to why we refused to comment and why it hit the way it did and it's I guess, like you said, you don't, if you go into, you write a negative review online about a TV, like, do you know what I mean? It's a product that's made by machinery that, you know, it's, whereas hospitality is such a personal thing, right? Like I, I would never put anything on a plate that I didn't think was delicious. I would never, no chef would, right? So then, you know, but we still open it up to the reviews and people attacking it and things like that. So, 
it's a creative industry, right? And creative people are a little bit crazy. We know that. <laughs> and we take things differently. Like I think we're probably more a, more of an emotionally sensitive bunch, I suppose, potentially. But I know I say that for myself. But to create a product and, you know, for me, it's my reputation and my career, right? For Alan Rebecca, it's their house and their livelihood. And, you know, obviously it is a huge passion for them. They wouldn't be in it if they weren't. But they're financially incredibly, you know, like, on the line with this. Whereas I look at it from a different perspective where, you know, I'm obviously incredibly conscious of that, but it's not my money in the game. For me, this is my career that I've worked for for 15 years and built up with. And, you know, like I've been with Nomad for the last 10 of those, this is my home. This is where I've kind of grown up as a little chef and been given the opportunity to, to grow and find the position that I'm in now. And, we've worked on this project for years. It's not something that we just slapped up last week. Like there's, there's love in this project. Like we've put so much into it and each of us from a different perspective, like each of us has a different something to contribute to this. And, you know, like to, to have it boiled down to just that, like I said, if she wanted to come in and write a review about the food she ate, that's the nature of hospitality, right? You, we've, we've opened it up to that and that's what it is and I accept that for what it is. I try not to let it hurt me as much as it used to, but to boil it down to that and that alone and to potentially deter guests who might have been wanting to come but now won't because they think that the product has no value, it's like go in and try it and then if you don't like it, that's fine don't come back or, you know, like go and try Minoche somewhere else or, you know, it's like we can't please everyone on the planet. You never can. You never will. It'll never happen. But to paint it with such a negative brush instead of talking about the gorgeous little laneway, Frax Lane, it's it's so beautiful. It's like we picked up Melbourne and brought it to Sydney and I love it. It's like it's the part of that site that makes it all work. Um, there's – Come and experience that and all of it together and understand why before you paint it with that brush and deter people from even showing up in the first place. And that is attacking a business and attacking somebody's livelihood for no valid reason. Price perception is different to every consumer. Ten bucks might be nothing to you, but it might be everything to the person next to you. Like people choose their own value right and they choose to spend money where they spend to choose to spend it I just I, I feel like I'm seeing it a lot lately especially I think with the emergence of this new sort of layer of you know like the food that always originally was just junk food and now we're seeing the likes of like fish butchery and AP bakery and load pies and all of these like snacks that you'd eat as a kid that were you know traditionally naughty food and now you're seeing it done well with really quality ingredients um, by really talented chefs and I think it's kind of that layer of dining that is sort of at the moment I think getting particularly picked at because you know you go to your fish and chip on the corner of the road and spend five bucks or something or you know like a, a, a finger barn or a croissant or something might cost you three bucks somewhere else but how's it made? How are the staff paid? You know, what ingredients are we using? Especially, I, I think that's the big one as well, because there is such a awareness now about 
produce, right? Like people want to eat well. They want to eat good, clean food. They want to eat good quality stuff. But they're tying that to what lesser quality ingredients cost. And it's like, no, there is a dramatic difference between buying a really beautiful heritage flower, for example, compared to the flower that you might buy in Woolies to make bread or, you know, beautiful heirloom tomatoes as opposed to, you know, a different um, a different product. It's just there's care and consideration in everything that is selected to go on a plate or on a table or, you know, even down to the packaging that we, you, that people do with the branding, the web designers, the marketers, the insurance, the, all the things. There's, there's consideration behind all of it and I think we're not understanding the difference and I don't get it because people are kind of wanting to know where their food came from and they're wanting to understand that and they're wanting to eat better but then people are creating it and then we're tearing it down. Yeah, and I think anyone who buys food to cook and eat at home can see how much ingredients have increased in price. I mean, I know the, like the butter that I buy has gone up 30%. The dog food has doubled. I don't actually <laughs> I don't understand that one. But, um, you know, eggs have gone up so much in price. Cheese is more expensive. Like it's um, – it, it's not a – it doesn't – I don't find it that hard to draw a connection between what I'm noticing in my local shops and what um, uh, restaurateurs are dealing with, um, you know, when they're ordering or thinking about sourcing food. Um, so, Jackie, let's let's make it nice. Like, I haven't been to Bo and um, I'm overdue a, a trip to Sydney. Tell me, um, tell me what I'm going to have when I get there. How's it going to feel? Why am I going to love it? And why am I going to like just, yeah, feel, feel that there's value? So, Bo is essentially, it's a two-tier site. So, it's still, still a little bit of a work in progress. Um, but the, it's, a, it's a ground floor site. Um, the front space, we've coined Bo and Doe so that, sort of came off the back of um, lockdown and the general store that we did at Nomad and just the overwhelming demand for what that was, just all of that kind of like we sort of mentioned that middle tier um, casual food that everybody sort of has seen in a different format and wanted to be done a little bit, to lift it a little bit. So that was kind of the idea behind that. Um, It was originally supposed to be a donut shop. (laughs) And then we quickly decided that that probably wasn't going to be a profitable business model for us, especially in the space that we had. So um, it ended up being Manoush because that was something that we've always eaten at Nomad. Al and Beck would go out to Lakemba and buy bagfuls of the stuff and bring it into the kitchen. And, you know, Al with his big thunderous voice would be like, good morning, chefs. And he'd dump his bag of Manoush on the counter for us. And we've always sort of joked around about, wanting to open up in a shop. So when this came up, um, we were just like, why don't why don't we do it? So that was the base of the menu. So Bow and Doe is an all day casual eatery. We open at 7 a.m. Um, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous little site. Like granite benches, big open kitchen, wood oh sorry, not wood fire oven, but a stone oven. Um, we couldn't get live fuel in there unfortunately. Um it's bright and it's light and you beautiful bonquettes that um, sit along the laneway and you just you feel like you're in a different place. Um, 
it's open all day. There's no break. So you can come from 7 a.m. till late and grab a bite to eat, um, a little sweet treat, a coffee. Um, we have a liquor license from midday. So there's a, um, alcohol available from midday, working on hopefully getting that a little bit earlier so we can do brunch on the weekends. And then the backspace, which is yet to be opened, um, is sort of the opposite of that, I guess. It's this dark, sexy little wine bar, um, date night spot, I guess. Um, sort of mirrored in design from the front, but just the opposite of. Um, there's going to be a big, beautiful central bar that is all available to sit at. We've got a big, um, gorgeous ice well display that is going to be home to, you know, some of the best seafood that Australia has to offer. Um it's going to be spectacular and I can't wait for those builders to get the bloody hell out of there so we can see what's going on. But it all, and again, like the laneway extends all the way down through both sides. So, you know, you're either, you've got the opportunity to sit in this gorgeous little laneway, you can dine inside. Um, we'll have seating out the front once the construction finishes up completely. Um, so it's, it's almost like its own little pre- precinct. You know, you can come for breakfast, brunch, lunch, afternoon tea, coffee, or you can do date night on the other side. Like it's it's two different offerings. And I guess something that I pointed out before, it is it is covering all the price points. So you've got the front where you can just kind of come and grab in and sorry, come in and grab a coffee or and a brownie or a cookie or, you know, you can choose to have lunch or you can you can go in the back for dinner and, and you know, that's kind of the more higher end offering, I suppose. Um, so it, it, it is this beautiful little package of all of the things, I guess, that we were just so excited to, to put out there and it, it looks stunning. That's the laneway. I just like every time I look at floor to ceiling windows and just see this gorgeous little laneway and there's – it's, you know, bring your kids. There's people out there sitting there with their dogs and having a coffee. It's just, it's this whole little self-built community, I guess. And yeah, it's just, it's, it's our first foray into something that isn't nomad, which was huge for us. Cause you know, we know we do nomads well, but could we figure out how to do a different offering? Well, um, so maybe that's probably why we're a little bit more protective over Bo. Um, cause we are trying to do something different and that's not an easy thing to do. Um, but I love for you to come and see it. We're all very, very, very proud of it. Ibrahim, you know, to have one of the greatest cooks, chefs in, in, the country at the helm of that kitchen creating that food is just so amazing to have as part of the family now. So, yeah, I think it's a pretty special place to be. I think it's a, a nice little addition to the Sydney market and, you know, I hope that I hope that we can make it work. Uh, yeah, well, I hope so too and congratulations. It sounds awesome. Um, yeah, definitely uh, worth flying to Sydney for or visiting if you already happen to be in Sydney. Um, Yeah, thanks so much for talking us through, you know, everything, Jackie, like how – how you feel about the reception that you've received. I'm sure you've had so many um, positive, oh, uh, so positive comments as well. This will just be a tiny little blip that, um, yeah. Yeah, no. It's like, honestly, when I saw that, I was like, but everybody that's come in has said how lo- like how much they loved it. I'm like, where has this come from? You know, you can't please everyone and we know that. We're not, we're not in denial about that. But, you know, we, you know, I hope that, 
there is a market out there that loves what we're putting out there and you know that's that's the hope that we will be welcomed into the new that little corner of Surrey Hills and keep some people happy definitely um all right well, we're going to stay on this topic all week at Dirty Linen so if you've got stuff that you want to add to the conversation please do get in touch uh Jackie thanks for kicking it off with us and yeah I'll eat with you soon awesome thank you for having me This is Dirty Linen and I'm Danny Vallant. We air the issues that the hospitality industry finds hard to talk about, hearing from different people with unique perspectives. We want to hear from you as well. If you have something that needs to be said about a topic, get in touch so we can include your perspective. Contact us at dirtylinen at deepintheweeds.com.au or hit us up on Insta at Dirty Linen Podcast. We can't wait to hear from you.